welcome to another episode of Theology.fm. It's a theology podcast to make your life in theology look more like Jesus. I'm your host, Jeremy Myers. Let me ask you, have you ever encountered Jesus while reading Harry Potter? Or maybe watching a movie like The Matrix? Have you ever learned something absolutely astonishing about God and his creation while reading Time magazine? Or maybe listening to music by Pink? It's happened to me. In today's Theology.fm show, we get an explanation from Darren Hufford about why this happens and how it can happen more. In case you don't know who Darren is, he is the founder and president of the Free Believers Network. He's the author of several books, including The Misunderstood God, which reveals the lies religion tells us about God. Darren travels and speaks throughout the world on knowing the heart of God. I highly recommend his books and his podcast. You can subscribe to his podcast at iTunes. And his books are available on Amazon, Christian Book Distributors. You can also connect with Darren through Facebook, Twitter, or his website, freebelievers.com. There's going to be links to all of those places in the show notes at theology.fm slash Hufford slash zero three. Hey, and uh, just like every episode of theology.fm, this episode is brought to you by Logos Bible Software. If you don't have any Logos Bible software yet, you really should get at least the base package, the starter package. I have the silver myself. It really helps in your Bible study, theology research. And if you go and buy a base package at Logos.com, you can use my coupon code JMyers6 to get 15% off your purchase. J-M-Y-E-R-S-6. Now, with that in mind... Let's get on to the rest of the show. So a while back, I wrote an article called, Dear World, I'm Sorry, Will You Forgive Me? There will be a link to that in the show notes as well if you want to go read it. In the article, I stated that while I used to think I knew the Bible and had all the answers about Jesus, uh, and the dark and sinful world could come and listen to me, you know, if if they needed answers. In recent years, I've begun to realize that, you know, I know a lot less about Scripture and theology than I thought I knew, a lot less about following Jesus. I know next to nothing, and, and, and most of the things I know to be really true about Jesus, guess where I've learned them? Not necessarily by having my nose in the Bible or in a theology book somewhere. I've learned them from people. And what sort of people? People who do not claim to follow Jesus in any way, shape, or form. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You have friends who aren't Christians, they don't go to church, they don't read the Bible, but they teach you things about God and Scripture and following Jesus that you've never heard in any sermon, never read in any book. 
So that's why I was thrilled to hear Darren and his co-host Hans uh, say in this podcast what I have come to believe more and more. And, and it's this, that the, the Spirit of God is at work all around us, all the time, in lives of all people. And if we just have spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear, we will be blown away by how much people who have no relationship with Christianity, how much they know about Jesus, and how much they know about the real heart of God. And I'm firmly convinced that when we start to recognize this, uh, it is our privilege as followers of Jesus, not to, to lead people to Jesus or even to teach people about Jesus, but rather to simply tell them that the truths they already know about Jesus, the traits they already value, that is Jesus. They, they know him already, if they could just recognize what he's been whispering, what he's been teaching them in their hearts and their minds by the Holy Spirit. Can I say something shocking? <laughs> uh, in the last decade or so, I've come to see Jesus more clearly by watching certain movies, reading certain books, by listening to certain music, and by observing certain people than I have learned by reading the Bible or listening to a sermon. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, I'm not trying to denigrate Scripture. I, look, I study Scripture every day. I, 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 I read theology um, rabidly. Uh, but... But I think sometimes that my theological education, my theological training has put me in a box that uh, these other people, these other books, these other movies, these other, this other music sort of helps me escape from so that I can see uh, what maybe I never would have seen otherwise. And once I see it, then I'm able to go to Scripture and say, oh, yeah, the truth is in here. Uh, the Scriptures do teach this. But I learned it not by reading scriptures, I learned it by spending time with people, by, by studying art, or looking at art, listening to music, watching movies, reading books, and especially hanging out with the people. So what this indicates to me is that Jesus is drawing everything in his wake. Uh, I wrote an article about that on my, my blog several years back as well, I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, people all over the world are waking up to the reality of the new creation already inaugurated in Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. And whether they know it or not, not, they are being drawn after him, drawn to him by the Spirit of God. And this isn't surprising. Jesus says as much in John uh, 3, uh, the Spirit of God blows where he wills. Who are we to tell him where he can and cannot blow? And I'm convinced that the Spirit of God is whispering truth to all people everywhere all the time. And it doesn't come out in them by attending church or preaching sermons or, or doing spiritual religious podcasts. No, it comes out in them through their art, through the books they write, through the movies, through, through the plays, through, uh, you know, even, even by our, our pagan next-door neighbor or maybe our Muslim co-worker who reveals clear signs as they show mercy and grace and love and service uh, to those around them, that Jesus has revealed himself to them and that he is drawing them to him. And they may not know his name, but they may not recognize what is going on in them, but that's our responsibility, that's our job, not to tell them about Jesus, but to show them, hey, uh, what you've been doing, that looks like Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to steal Darren's thunder, or Hans's. Um, I'm going to let them share, talk about this more, 
in the podcast. It's called Spirit Eyes. Uh, and uh, this is episode three of Theology.fm. My guest is Darren Hufford with Spirit Eyes. Let's tune in to what he says. I was talking to a friend uh, a while back, mm-hmm. and this could be a, any number, a hundred different friends. You know, I've had this yeah. same conversation with a lot of people. Yeah. So this is kind of the topic I wanted to talk about today. Um, my friend was was kind of talking about the way uh, this person sees the world, and and I've heard it from so many Christians. I grew up hearing it. You sure, know? I was clear back in the 1960s. You know, when everyone was talking about how the world's going to hell, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they were burning Beatles albums and, and, you know, and Charles <laughs> yeah. Manson came out and it's like, look, everything's you know horrible, you know, and that was kind of the spirit of the conversation. It's like, look, the world is getting worse and worse and worse and more and more sinful. Yeah. And, you know, you see nothing now on television, but murder and fear and, and sex and violence and, <laughs> and, and more and more, everything is just getting worse. And now here in, you know, 2015, Fifteen, mm-hmm. we are in a cesspool of wickedness mm-hmm. that is at an all-time high and continues to rise. And I feel sorry for anyone who has children. You know, pray to God to protect your children. And so, sometimes, you know, even my wife will say, "Oh my gosh!" A lot of times, we'll say to the kids, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your world that you have." You know, mm-hmm. because there's just some of the incredible stuff my kids have to deal with mm-hmm. that, that I have. Never had to deal with. Yeah, there are a oh lot of gosh. extremes that people deal with. Like, I mean, I mean, there were some bad kids in my day. Like yeah. today, hearing uh, the cross and the switchblade, Nikki yeah. Cruz, <laughs> you just it's laugh minor. at it. Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh, are you it's kidding? It's West Side Story. Oh I yeah, mean, that's what you end up seeing. As <laughs> I know you expect it to be a musical. It's so yeah. pure. <laughs> You know, you, halfway through, you expect a song to be broken yeah. out. You know, I yeah. mean, it's so pure. But yet, yeah. when it came out, it was so awful. Yeah. Yeah. And now, look at this. And so this was sort of the spirit of the conversation from this person. And I said, you know, and it reminded me of uh, when I was talking to Brandon Armstrong. Got to have him back, by the way. Mm-hmm. Had several great I really emails. Enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just And I, I need to contact him. He, he emailed me. I just saw, and I got to get back to him. But, so we will have him back. But but uh, I loved what he said. He, he he talked about Scripture, and he said, if you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, it's as valuable as reading the Sunday newspaper. He said, if you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, it's as valuable as reading Harry Potter with, with the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. And, you know, that would cause most Christians to just cringe because sure. this idea, and, and it's true, you read the Bible with the Spirit of God, and it comes to life. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Yeah. Um, and you read it without the Holy Spirit, and it's just a historical book that means nothing. But there, sure. it, it comes to life in a certain way when you read it with the Spirit. But here's that. Here's what I see: the problem is in in uh, Christian thinking in America, all the way from my grandparents, uh, my great grandparents, all the way up to the present date. It's this mentality that having the Holy Spirit is valuable for making the Bible come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where it stops. And then at the Bible, at the door of the Bible, and and then the mentality says, when you look at the world and this comes back down to how we've been taught to view God, how we look at him, when you look at the world, we see sin, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We see wickedness. Mm-hmm. We see darkness. We see filth and slime because we believe that's what God sees when he sure. looks at the world. Sure. And my response in this conversation with this person was, you know, call me crazy. But when I look at the world today, I am overjoyed with the amount of God that I see in situations, in movies, in television shows, in people, mm-hmm. in, in advertising. And I think this world is more God aware mm-hmm. than ever in my life. And, and I believe that I see that not because, oh, gee, I'm trying to be positive. No, no it is the same Holy Spirit that causes Scripture to come to life that I, when I look at the world, and this comes down to what is the Spirit-led life, when I look at the world, mm-hmm. I am nothing but overjoyed and encouraged with what I see. Mm-hmm. I am amazed at how much the world knows Him. Yeah. And see, others look at it and all they see is the sin and the wickedness and the confusion and the craziness. Yeah. I do not believe that is a Spirit-led viewpoint I believe that is an upside-down viewpoint, a religious spirit-led viewpoint that looks Mm -hmm. at the world and sees the bad. I look at the world and see good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What say you, Hans Funk? There's two things, and one of them is easy, (laughs) and the other one, I may may even be confused on when I bring it up. But the the first side of it, I would say, is that when you see the world, did, did Jesus take all sin on himself? That's the question. Yeah. Yes. So if Jesus took all sin on himself and uh, um, you you see a lesbian uh, who, in your judgmental religious mind, you would come after her for yeah. her identity, for her sexuality, for all of these different things. And yet when you look at her, you're seeing Jesus because Jesus took all sin on himself. Yeah. And he literally negated that as a part of the judgment on that person. Now, the challenge to that person is, is um, what's she doing with what she was given? Does she have a knowledge of Jesus? Does she have a connection with him? But you said, like, you, you shared a little story with me about a car that burnt up and a, a lesbian sitting down and saying, thank God, thank you, Jesus. There was nobody in yeah. that car. Yeah. And to me, that what you're seeing in her at that point is somebody exercising their knowledge for what it was meant for. She's exercising gratitude for, for the Spirit's yeah. protection. Now, I personally... When I look at the church, I don't see a lot of gratitude. And this is this is getting into the, the, the meat of where I was at with what you were just saying. Um, we talk about cultures that don't have any testimony of Jesus Christ. And we talk, Paul in Romans 1 and Romans 2 talked about how those, those uh, 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 cultures could know him. Um, one could know the negative side by, by nature and could know the positive side by the, 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 the law that was written on their hearts that they, they would be able to know. And you can yeah. see different cultures around the world where it's obvious that people had a working knowledge of a creator yeah. and a working knowledge of yeah. an ethical base that's exactly like ours. Yeah. And yet wasn't inspired through the Bible. It was inspired through something else culturally. If a culture has not heard Jesus through the church, and I'm saying this carefully, Mm -hmm. if the church has been lying about Jesus, has not expressed the way that Jesus walked and talked on this planet, has not taught the teachings of Jesus, but they're teaching a doctrinal interpretation of Jesus that can't hardly even be attributed to him because of its judgmentalism, because of its isolationism, because of its unwillingness to have a heart, Mm -hmm. then we have a culture that hasn't heard the testimony. 
Right. We have a culture that is being is coming to him a lot of times, one, in spite of the lies about Jesus that are being propagated, yeah. no matter where they're from. But secondarily, they're having to come to him just as if they were some Aboriginal native that lives in some upside down island in, on, yeah. in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. And you're seeing, I believe that you're seeing that all over the place in spades. I believe you're seeing it in our media. I believe that you're seeing it as innocence is held up. Still yeah. in a culture when 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 uh, you do have a culture that that still does worship innocence to a certain extent. I mean, these are things that allow you to see the expression of Jesus in a culture that is having to find Him through nature and not through the nurturing of well, the the body. That's it, and I, I find it. And I've said over and over and over, because a lot of free believers will ask me, where do you think things are headed? What's going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. And, and we've always looked at Christianity in terms of what's going on in the institutional church, the church world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anytime there is a, a poll done by Barna, <laughs> it's usually a poll of all the institutional churches, what sure. those people in those institutions have to say. Yeah. But there's never a poll... Uh, generally speaking, because it's always like if, you, if you're not in the club, you're not in the poll, you know, and, and, and I've always said, you know, you look at the world and you can see people, uh, you can see them knowing him yeah, without really knowing his name. Um, they may not know it's Jesus, yeah, but they know that's... it's him. And they, they recognize him in their daily life. They want nothing to do with the Jesus the church pre- presents to them. And I don't blame them. Because that Jesus is not a lovable character. Mm-hmm. They want nothing to do with that. But yet the actual true essence of who Christ is, they love. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I've said when I was in Holland to a bunch of free believers, I said, I, I personally believe that as free believers, um, you know, it's always been no, it's always been said to us in the, the contents of Christianity that, that our job is to win the loss to Jesus Christ. Um, the scripture doesn't really say that. No, it doesn't. It, it, we're to be a witness. That's it. And, and I am coming more and more to the belief that as free believers, um, we're going to be the ones that are going to those who know him mm-hmm. and spreading the name yeah. Simply saying, by the way, here's his name. Yeah. That's it. Nothing more. This is the name of the one you just thanked after your car burned and yeah. no one was hurt. This is the name of the one whom you live your life by and have for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You never knew his name. This is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and leaving it at that, because when I look at the world, I am seeing more and more people know him than I've ever seen. And and I honestly believe it's more than I've ever seen because I escaped a religious spirit that only allowed me to see the negative. But when you look through the eyes of the spirit, you actually, it's encouraging. It's not discouraging. Mm -hmm. And learning to see things that way, learning to read Harry Potter, which was banned by most churches. Sure. I shouldn't say most. I don't know that for sure, but many. A lot of them. I do know that. Banned Harry Potter. Um, learning to read that and see Christ mm-hmm. in it. Learning mm-hmm. to watch um, Once Upon a Time, the series on television, and uh-huh. see Christ. Learning to watch, I don't care, The Sniper, uh, whatever sure. the movie is. Sure. Uh, the, yeah, American Sniper. Just American out. Sniper. Yeah. Uh, Whatever movie I'm finding, I see it everywhere I look. And to me, that is the same spirit led vision as when you look at the Bible with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think the point that Brandon was making uh, is such a valuable point 
to people that we have this idea that the spirit, for me, a spirit led life, this is what it was. Mm -hmm. Don't sin. Don't sin. Mm -hmm. Don't look at that woman. Mm -hmm. Don't think that thought. Don't take this drug. Don't taste that. Don't touch that. Don't. It, it, that to me was what the spirit led life was. It was all about the negative. That person's wrong. That person's in sin. That person's, you know, that person's under the control of the devil. Mm -hmm. And I always felt that was the Holy Spirit. To me, the Holy Spirit was be able to look at somebody and say, that person has a demon. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, while I think that that sometimes might be the case. Sure. Um, <laughs> How, if that's the first thing you see, I had a friend tell me years ago, I asked him, I said, do you suppose that this person has a demon? And my friend said, said, you know, it's, it's not a good idea to, when you look at somebody to ask those kinds of questions, because the moment you think that way, you will no longer see that person. All mm -hmm. you'll see is the demon. The demon. And, right. and the spirit led life is, <laughs> is seeing the person. See, instead of saying, oh, they're lesbians, sure. <laughs> you know, the, the way a religious spirit would Looking do it to look at person. them and say, that person is after the heart of God. Now, yeah, I yeah. mean, that, that sh makes some Christians shake in their boots to even hear that. But yeah. to say that person is, is after oh. his heart. I heard it once, uh, and it was when I was down in San Francisco. It, uh, it was at a kind of like a familiarization course for, for some of the kids on how to interface with harder to deal with homeless people, um, aggressive. Mm -hmm. And switch your gears from seeing the person in front of you and try and visualize them as a child. What, that, because most children, yeah. we, when, we, when we look at them, we emote this hope for yeah. them. We, and and we, we tend to take our, our, like our imagination yeah. base and we apply it to a child. And we don't do that with adults and we don't do that with aggressive adults and we have a hard time doing it with homeless adults because yeah. most of us feel that we have some form of above nature to them. And so yeah. we judge them in that fashion. But when you switch your view of somebody from um, all of the different expectations that are placed on them according to religious rules and, and yeah. expectations – then you, you start being able to see somebody for the, the and not saying immature, that's not what I'm getting at, but child that they are. Yeah. I am still my dad's kid. I'm I'm forty four, yeah. but I'm Hugh Funk's kid. Well he knew you as a kid. That's it. And and he'll never for let that you're always that he will never let that yeah. go. In fact, if he did let that go, that would be horrible for me. Yeah. Because he would give away the hopes. He would give away the ideals at a, as a whole, as opposed to seeing where I am and going, Oh, look at you, Hans, you've become this. And that's because he knew me before. Yeah. And so much of what you're talking about is denying the impulse to um, apply the expectations before you apply that this person is beautiful. This person yeah. is exactly what they were made to be. I, I've always said, okay, when I first started down this path, one of the things mm -hmm. that I would do is I would go into a restaurant like Denny's and mm -hmm. I would sit alone yeah. <laughs> and, I would, and I would pick one person, yeah. be it man or woman. Sometimes it'd be a 60-year-old man. Mm -hmm. And I would sit and I would look at him and I would I would – meditate on that man sitting mm -hmm. there smoking a cigarette, reading a paper, eating his grand slam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would meditate on him and I would picture him alone in a room, lonely with tears streaming down his face. Mm. I, I would picture him in a way that would cause human compassion yeah. 
to come up in my heart. Yeah. Uh, and like what you're saying is for many people, that is picturing them as a child. What did he look like when he was eight years old? Because yeah. he, he used to be. He was. If you could see a picture of this man when he was eight, you would suddenly this compassion, compassion would well up. And, empathy. Yeah. and I found that if I would do that with individuals, it would help me to love them. And the moment I would love them, it's like the eyes of the Spirit would be in me and yeah. I can see right into their heart and I could see who they are, how they think, how they feel. But until I could move myself within for that particular person, I was blind as a bat and it was so easy to judge them. He's smoking a cigarette. Sure. He's sure. reading that, you know, Yeah. <clears throat> but once I could move myself with compassion for that person, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. I can see inside of them, and that is a spirit-led life. That's it. It's a choice. Well, you you just said that taking on the eyes of the spirit or or seeing him with the eyes of the spirit. If you are seeing somebody with eyes that submit what you see for something else, for something that draws compassion, for something that draws empathy, you are seeing him with the eyes of the spirit because love is that submission of his current position for his best position. And his best position in our culture is where he can receive love from someone else. And the majority of the time, the problem with our situations is that we, when we're doing great, when money's flowing, when, when everything's perfect, we are not in a position where we can receive love from someone else. And so in a really weird way, you were creating that epiphany moment, that place yeah. that most of us find Jesus, only you're creating it in your head for yourself to be able to find him. And this is, I, I think, what you're talking about. By the way, this requires a little bit of humility, too, in a really weird way. It's not normal yeah. humility yeah. where you have to, you know, you have to think lower of something. It's where surrendering my opinions, surrendering my academic knowledge, surrendering my expectations allows opportunity for relationship to exist exist. And and humility is not easy for those of us that are thinkers. You you talk quite a bit about being the heart, like the heart person or the mind person. And mind people most of the time don't get it. And it's because you have to, like, there's a point that you have to surrender the opinion. And culturally, we're Greek. We, everything lives in our heads. Everything lives in in Mm -hmm. how we, you know, measure other people. And a lot of this is logic. And logic gets in the way. Logic is something that has to be surrendered for a time. You said something a little while ago, even about yourself. You said, you know, people might perceive me as being new agey about this. Yeah. As we talk about the expression of love from one person to another at, at a radical place where we're no longer talking about just, I love you, um, Jesus loves you, but I love you. This is what I'm willing to surrender for you. Um, I think a lot of times when we look at Buddhism, I think a lot of times when we look at comparative theologies, um, what you end up with is slivers of truth, and yeah. those slivers indict us. Yeah. They, 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 they sanction us in what we're not doing well as Christ followers. Buddhists a lot of times are very good at loving people no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, and Christians are not so good at this. And well, then because we're we're a religion of law, and, that's it. And, and we're feeding off the law, and so it blinds us, it kills us. The first thing the law does is it kills your heart. Yes, uh, it makes your heart go bye bye. Yeah. And so you can only see people according to the law, and it's until you get out from yes. underneath that law, you become blind as a bat. Yeah. I was watching a, a show the other day. This this guy, I think he's German, and he, mm-hmm. he's a reporter, and he's interviewing these people on death row. He's got a whole bunch of, it's like a continuing series. I don't, I don't even know what channel it's on, but 
he interviews these people on death row and he talks about what they did, shows the crime scene, shows mm-hmm. everything. And they're on death row, you know, and then at the end it'll tell, you know, he was put to death on this day, which is usually two or three years ago. And sure. it's like, wow, that guy I just saw talking, you know, anyway, there was this yeah. guy, brilliant guy, just yeah. brilliant. And he went on a shooting rampage. He got yeah. a semi almost ran him off the road. He was on a motorcycle. He drove by the semi and took like six shots at the semi and killed the driver. Uh, 15 miles down the road, he pulls into a gas station and there's a guy gassing up a semi. He just rides by him and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. A couple of days later, he shoots another guy and then they catch him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, he's interviewing this guy and the guy's brilliant. I mean, just smart as a whip. He's sure. traveled the world and everything. And, uh-huh. and long story short, you know, they, they, uh, they talked to his mother mm-hmm. and his mother, well, first of all, they talked to the victim, one of the victim's daughters. Mm-hmm. And they said, did you see him in the courtroom? Did you get a chance to see him? She said, yes, I saw him. They said, what, they said, what did you think? She said, he's Satan. She said, that's all I can tell you. He is Satan. Mm-hmm. And, and and I can understand why she would sure. say that. She this lost. man killed her father yeah. randomly for no reason. Yeah. You know, so I, I, you would get that, you know. They interviewed his mom. And it was amazing hearing this woman. Mm-hmm. She was saying, he's so gentle. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. so kind. He's has such a good heart. She's like, I'm not denying what he did was mm-hmm. terrible. She said it was awful. And I, I wish it never happened. Mm-hmm. But she kept saying, you know, they wouldn't let her in the cell with him before they're going to put him to death. She's sure. like, I just want him to feel the warmth of my body. I just want one last time to hold him. Why won't they let me just in? He won't hurt me. I know he won't. I just mm-hmm. want to hold him and, and love him and, and spend time with him before they put him to death. And she's like, it's like I'm on trial. She's mm-hmm. like, just let me. But I sat there and I thought, now what this guy did was awful. It really was terrible. Sure. But, but I thought in life, we have two choices. Mm-hmm. How we're going to view anyone in any situation, mm-hmm. we can see them as Satan mm-hmm. or we, you know, I thought how amazing to have the eyes of that mother yeah. to be able to look at somebody like that. And again, this isn't in any way saying what he did was okay, no. but to look past what he did and look at who he really is. Yes. And, and, and she was describing him in ways that were truly amazing. And truthfully, the way that she described him is kind of the things I saw in him during the interview. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was even amazed that he did this stuff because yeah. he was such a How smart, nice guy. Yeah. And I actually saw what his mother saw. And I thought later, I thought maybe that was the spirit of God yeah. helping me to look at a, a convicted serial killer. In in his town, if you kill more than three, you're a serial killer. So by definition, this man is a serial killer. Yet I found myself looking at him saying, he's got such a good heart, Mm. you know, and and it's not excusing what he did. It's not even overlooking what he did, No, but it's looking into him, which is being led by the spirit. That is the life of the spirit. Somebody Mm -hmm. who looks past law. The law says, do not kill. The law of the land says, do not kill. Yeah. But once that law is broken, if all you can see is Satan, yeah, then you're the one suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, to me, being able to look past that. Now, if this had been my sure. family member that he killed, I sure. would understand. I might say the same thing. So I'm not trying to bring judgment on that poor no. woman who who saw that. No. But I think it draws a beautiful illustration because a lot of times as a Christian, you know, 
it's like, you know, we see people and they're, they're not, you know, they don't go to church and they're living in this lifestyle that we have learned is wrong and sinful. And it's hard for us to see them or define them any other way because we see the offense as it being against us. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work that way. No. You know, and looking past that and having the eyes of the spirit, uh, to me, I mean, I'm learning things, Hans, in recent in the last few years that yeah. I have always, my whole life as a Christian, I'd think, what about this contentment Paul talked about? What about sure. this peace yeah. that Paul talked That's about? That's what I was just thinking of. What yeah. about this no fear? Because I never yeah. see any Christians living in any of that. Yeah. And, and I feel like I'm coming into that more and more in the last few years where I'm actually seeing the world in a positive way. Sure. And we've been taught as a Christian, you know, come out from the world. And, and, and I don't think that was the spirit of that. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't do what they do. Well, but, but love, and you can't love them if you put them under the law. I, I don't think, yeah, I, I have an interpretation mm-hmm. of come out from the world. That's a little different. I, I see the church as having gotten very steeped in the world and it's judgmentalism mm-hmm. and it's, it's yeah. worship yeah. for its own purposes as yeah. opposed to its radical adherence to Jesus yeah. and, and what he taught and how he acted. Yeah. Um, and when you talk about come out from this world, I think for some people who are inculcated in church, what's being demanded there is come out from your world. What mm. does your world look like? Because the world, the secular world, yeah. using that that funny term, um, is very, very similar yeah. in its attitudes towards things as the church is. No, you're, you're dead on right. And you got to come out of that. You've it's got dead well, on right. Um, peace, uh, you know, peace has a has a slightly different purpose in Christ than it does in the world. Peace in the world has to do with a cessation, a cessation of hostilities, yeah. um, where we stop fighting each other, and 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 you right, see that happen right. in Christ. It's reconciliation, we'll call it peace time, peace time. Exactly. When no one's really in peace. No, no, we never are. And so <laughs> peace is. We're um, just not fighting. Yeah. No, we, yeah. we're always we're always everybody's always at some form of yeah. battle. But well, that's another that's all another talk. But. Uh, uh, the like the beauty of being a, a an agent of reconciliation is to be somebody who makes bridges everywhere, yeah. who looks for a doorway for anyone to enter in, who yeah. who is con- and the the you know the the how long does it take for Hitler to come into a conversation? You know the the person that's able to look at Hitler and realize that this kid had passed. Yeah. This this guy is not. Just one of the. In fact, when you say Satan, when you say you point at somebody and you say that person is Satan, the person that comes yeah, to my mind is yeah. Goebbels or Hitler or Himmler yeah. or or any of the, the different group there. And yet, what happens in my heart when I know that God knew him as a child, and when yeah. I know that God loves him and wished for him, and even wishes for yeah. for the, that that person. And this is this is the zone of radical reconciliation that we're called to. What if somebody in his life could have stepped in and and not judged him and not put and I, I realize I'm being kind of trite here, but that this situation happened for me. Somebody loved me. Somebody didn't force me into the box mm-hmm. I was supposed to fit in. Um, uh, and and to be an agent of reconciliation is not to have my personal laws and my rules that I place. It's it's walking with the voice of Jesus. Oh. And, uh, and this what, is what I, I'm trying to teach my kids. Yes. This, exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, well, your kids are already exemplifying it, though, yeah. especially 
you know, your girls. And the way that you see it is not through what they are saying. The way you see it is who's drawn to them. Yeah. The weirdest oh, thing yeah. that the world asks us is, but well, why do point. you love me? Yeah. Why, why are you accepting me? Why do you talk to me? Uh, and then once you, that person gets over that hurdle, there is the, the putting your hope in that person. Yeah. And and yeah. all that you're doing, you're just switching them to say, you're not putting your hope in me. You're putting yeah. your hope in this other, you're yeah. putting your hope in Jesus. Yeah. And that, that's the trade-off. And the person yeah. gets to decide what they want to do I, with I, it. I, I like what you said. The way, because we always have this idea as a Christian when we're with uh, people yeah. in the world and they're struggling or doing whatever, we're supposed to say the right thing. Yeah. Oh, and gosh, and yes. I like I like what we're you said. The, the way is not by what you say to them, but by the way you know is not by what you say to them, but by who is drawn to you. Yeah. That alone, um, being a lighthouse um, mm-hmm. in the middle of their turmoil. And I always right. tell my girls, look, right. these kids in your school, you know, they're they're confused, they're yeah. hurting, they're messed up. I said, all what you can do, I said, you can't change them, but what you can yeah. do is you can understand them. Yeah. And when you do, yeah. they'll come to you. I said, just be the normal one. You know. And I know some people say, well, what's normal? Listen, here's the answer. You know damn well what's you normal. You know it, exactly. Don't you say do. you don't. Just like when was a pilot who said, well, truth, what is truth? Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what truth was. We all do. It's in us. Yeah. We also know what normal is. I know we want to, it's fun to say, you know, nobody knows what normal is anymore. You know, there's yeah. 50 shades of gray. We don't know what normal <laughs> well, You Yes, you do. Yeah. You know what's normal. But, you know, the it, it comes back to, like, coming out from the world. I took Angie to mm-hmm. Hollywood, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first got married, we, we drove to Hollywood. I'm driving to Hollywood Boulevard. Uh-huh. I'm seeing prostitutes, pimps. I'm seeing drug deals take place left and right. Sure. I'm seeing uh, homeless people. I'm seeing Angie's seeing stars, sparkling mm, lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's seeing beautiful scenery. Yeah, we live in two different worlds. We're yeah. seeing two completely different things. That's right. And you know, in recent years, I've come out of the world in yeah. that sense to where now, when I drive, I do see the positive. Yeah, and I, I'm more and more convinced that's how you know someone's. Being led by the Spirit, not because they can identify the sin, yeah. but because they identify God in everywhere they see. Yeah. And to me, that's the life I want to live. That, I mean, that, that is it. Being mm-hmm. able to walk in anywhere and say, wow, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's in the movies. He's yeah. in media. He's in my next door neighbors. He's in this person or, you know, this person and that he's in the murderer. He's in, I know that's so, some, so many people are going to think, well, that's new age. No, it's not. It's the spirit led mind. And and I'm not, and and let me, don't mistake this for you need to be positive. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm saying literally seeing him, seeing him flicker in, in situations where no one else sees him. Only those who came from him and are of him will recognize him in the homeless, in in the Mm -hmm. prostitution world, in in whatever world. We'll see it because we know him. I'm more concerned with the Christian who only sees darkness or the Christian who only sees demons. What the hell is wrong with that person? So there's an interesting little corollary, and I'm saying it, and I know that it's it's not positive to say it this way, but when I bought a Jetta... 
I I started seeing Jettas everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I saw I saw older Jettas. I saw newer Jettas. I saw Jettas without the spoiler yeah. on the back. Um, I saw Jettas that were exactly the same right. color as mine. And I wanted to, you know, and when I first got it, too, I was constantly, you know, keeping it clean and very, you know, everything oh. about it. And by being all about it, I, I became all about all these other Jettas. Yeah. And I saw them everywhere. And I question a Christian who sees darkness in their world everywhere they look. What do you see in your life? Brother, I was that Christian for many years. <laughs> no, that's but that's it. And it was Satan's attacking me, pray for yeah. me, the devil's attacking me. Yeah. And it was what I saw. And all you see is demons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good talk. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Come back soon. You have just been released. The wild. Shocking and challenging ideas, right? I really love that quote from Brandon Armstrong, which they included in the podcast, uh, which uh, basically it's the one from a previous episode, which Darren and Hans discussed. And Brandon had basically said this, if you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, it's as valuable as reading the Sunday newspaper. But if you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, it's as valuable as reading Harry Potter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, now maybe you know, that might be going a bit too far. I mean, maybe. Um, I think you can learn stuff from Harry Potter when you're reading it with the Holy Spirit, but I, I don't know if I personally would say it's as valuable as reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit, but I get what he's saying. Uh, if you're reading the, whole, the Bible without the Holy Spirit, boy, you might as well just be reading the newspaper. Um, but if you have spirit eyes and you're reading Harry Potter, you're reading the newspaper, Time Magazine, watching a movie, listening to music, looking at art, okay, the Spirit can teach you things from any of these sources, just like He teaches you from Scripture. Uh, certainly, statements like that are going to ruffle a lot of feathers. And um, the, the point, though, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just teach us through the Bible or through the Sunday sermon or through a Bible study. He is able to redeem and use anything to glorify Jesus Christ, to draw us closer to God, to teach us who we are. So following what Darren and Hans have said, here's my uh, challenge, my invitation to you. As you go about your day, as you read your books, as you open the newspaper over a cup of coffee, as you listen to the uh, radio, whether it's country music or talk radio or alternative or rock or, boy, even easy listening, I suppose the Holy Spirit can teach us through easy listening music too, or who knows what, oldies but goodies, I don't know. As you talk with friends, keep an eye out for the Spirit, what the Spirit wants to show you and teach you through normal everyday events. And listen, once you see something, come in and weigh in on this podcast. Come in and weigh in on this idea. Maybe share a story about how the Spirit helped you see or learn something. Share a story. Maybe you want to object. That's fine, too. Come, come leave a comment in the show notes for this episode. Uh, read the stories of other people. And also, uh, you can ask your questions or, or state your objections as well to this idea about the Spirit teaching us from other sources. You can do that in the show notes, uh, which are found at theology.fm slash Darren slash 03. I look forward to reading what you write. 
Hey, and listen, uh, as long as you're writing something up about the show, I would really appreciate it if you'd go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for this podcast. That's going to help other people discover this podcast so their mind can be challenged as well by the ideas that we learn from various scholars and theologians and podcasters and teachers from around the world. But it's also going to give me some feedback on this, this podcast itself. Um, if, you would, if there's things you'd like to hear, you can leave that in the rating review if you like the format. And uh, just, just tell me what you think about the, the podcast. That way I can uh, improve future shows. Sounds good? Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode of Theology.fm.